This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to Stand Up Straight. We aim to provide a vehicle for allies to stand up for the rainbow communities, facilitating change, acceptance, understanding and dialogue. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening, everyone. It's Michelle here in the studio. We have... Beck and Stephanie in the studio in Stand Up Straight. We've got Gina across the desk helping us out tonight. Before we get into tonight's show, I want to thank the Informer team every Monday to Thursday from 6.30 to 7. Tell us everything that's happening around the world. And the special guest newsreader, Mr Gary Wilson, who Mm. did start out many, many years ago uh, being uh, Stand Up Straight's newsreader. So um, we uh, have... um, we normally have at this time of the show, right at the beginning, we talk a bit about our Allies of the Week and some people that have inspired us or some great stories or and that kind of thing. So, but um, there's... I just wanted to say something. There's some, some awful stuff that had um, been going around uh, as a result of some behaviour that was on a, a sports show last night, some awful, vile, transphobic statements and uh, behaviour that disturbed me. Um, I just... I don't know why it bothered me, except that I can only think that while I was hearing and reading these stories and uh, people's um, statements today, all I could think of was that my friends, my trans friends, would have been mortified and hurt and distraught by what they were hearing. And I just wanted to acknowledge that I don't know why I'm so upset, but that's, I think, the only the only conclusion that I could come to and I just wanted to say that uh, before I get upset is that we have your back our trans friends are everything to us and at at Joy um, they uh, no one cares what anyone is at Joy no one cares and um, I just it's not making a lot of sense but I just wanted our, our trans friends to know that we are here and that we have your back and I know that um Beck has uh, been probably a little bit more outspoken on uh, social media and uh, various other places today. Yeah, absolutely, Michelle. I mean, look, um, obviously, as you know, one of the shows I'm on when I'm not on here is Chicks Talking Footy and and we talk about footy, absolutely, when we talk about the game. But one of the things we often talk about on our show is the power of football to bring about social change and to influence people and and that might sound trite but it's really true um, that football and football personalities have a really important role to play and I think that's why I was so upset by what Sam Newman said because I thought you don't recognise the position of power that you have Mm. over people and I think what upset me almost just as much as what he said is the other people on the panel that just some of them laughed, some of them Mm. said nothing but the the behaviour you walk past is a behaviour you accept. 
they no one held him or anybody else no. accountable. It became a joke, and it just it, it just it was vile. And I I had no words, and I think that's why I'm stumbling over my own at the moment because it physically hurt. Yeah, and I think I found it even more um, impactful this week because. I wasn't here last week because I was in Hamilton for mm-hmm. their Pride and Inclusion Day and their Pride game up there. And I came back from there on such a high. I just mm-hmm. can't tell you the beauty of this really quite conservative country mm-hmm. town. I spent all day Friday on their local radio station <laughs> and meeting the local people and talking to them. And the number of people that were at the game, the shops were decorated in rainbows. And I came back on such a high because... I saw the positive power of football and then to see this is really quite upsetting. Mm. Did you Have you heard or seen anything, Steph, at all about this? Bits and pieces. But, again, it, it, it's what you say, Beck, about allies. You, you know, we've got to stand up for, for our allies. And, and, Michelle, you're saying, you know, we've got their back. But the fact that nobody on the panel mm. spoke up, it, you know, it makes them complicit, doesn't it? And St Kilda have come out today yeah. um, and Sydney have come out today because, obviously, they're playing in the Pride game on the 22nd of July and they've both come out and made statements against it today. Um I think that's great, but I think it needs to be more than that. I wanted yeah, them to come out and well, say, we're not going to support yeah. this show. We're not going to send network, our players. Yes. And the yeah. network has to and take responsibility too. too. When when will the network get rid of these buffoons? Well, really? I mean, the, the network has got to be accountable. You know what stood out to me? This is classic old old school, awful, masculine behaviour. It's, it's that old school stuff that our guest tonight will probably be touching on as well. It's that old mentality where anything's it's anything, it's open slather and it mm. just isn't anymore. It just isn't. No. We, it, I, I, it just has to stop. It's just, it's no more. It just can't keep happening. And I think you're right, Steph. I think the networks have to stop these things. I mean, mm. he's got form. It was women yeah. last time. Yeah. It's trans oh, no. people yes, this he, time. He I mean, if he's offended so many different groups. Enough, enough already. And I, I do know that that man has trans people that he has worked with. Mm. And and for for to and he's no, he's a very smart intellectual man. He do, he's not a, a, a moron that has got no education. He does know better, and this there's no excuse for him. Mm. So he's had these people in his life, in his work life. So he should know better. He did make a, I use the term loosely, apology today, but it was absolutely, it was the most pathetic thing I'd ever heard He's been in my forced life. into it, I think, yeah. too. Yeah, and I'm sorry if I offended anyone. That's not how you apologise. No, 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 no. yeah. I'd rather not hear that. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So um, it's not normally the way we, uh, but the allies, I t- tell you who the allies of the week are. It's us here in the studio. I'm going to nominate ourselves. We're getting up on our high horse and standing on, on our soapbox or whatever. So um, uh, I think uh, we might take a break. I'll calm down. I'll put a smile on my face. You are listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. On Stand Up Straight uh, tonight, Michelle, Beck and Stephanie are in the studio uh, and uh, – we tell a lot of coming out – we have a lot of people coming in here and telling our coming out stories. So and they're all really vastly different. Last week we had Will Lanting who came out only this year at Mardi Gras and he's in his early 40s. But tonight we have a wonderful young man who came out at 17 in front of 800-odd people and at his school assembly. So I would really, really very warmly like to welcome Rich Bartlett to the microphone Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio. Um, inspirational young men uh, quite often come into this studio, don't they, guys? And we um, and one of the 
words that's been used to describe you, and I want to get two, uh, two answers if I could. There, a lot of people have said that you are brave. So I want to know whether you think you are brave and why do you think people perhaps perceive you as brave? I think people perhaps see it as brave because of the school environment in which I gave the speech, being an all-boys school and a quite conservative school as well because it's a religious one. Mm. And to stand up in front of 800 boys who are going to continue to see for the rest of the year and they might not accept you was a huge deal. Mm. But I also don't think it's as brave as some people see as I've also had a really great opportunity because I've been so supported by my friends and family, which Mm. not everyone has. Mm. And what was going through your mind before you first started to speak when you went up, walked up onto the stage in front of the podium? Well, I was really nervous as nobody <laughs> at school knew what was coming. They Not knew, one person. Except my twin brother wow. did know what was coming and so did the other vice school captain at my school, Morgan Gullier. But no one else had read the speech. Gosh. No one knew. They were just like, he's just going to give a speech about diversity and the importance of acceptance. So then to come on there was a bit of a shock, especially for the teachers who had no idea what was coming as I'd just given them a broad synopsis being saying, like, it's about acceptance, that's it, though, no personal story or anything. So, Were, the, were you scared to tell them that that's what you were going to say in case they shut you down? Is that why? I just did it in case they said, oh, this is not the right platform to do this. Like, we don't think it'll have a positive effect on you. It might not have <laughs> a positive effect on the school. But I always knew deep down that I thought it would, so I decided just to stick to my guns and just do it. Rich, I uh, watched the film today and, um, you know, as well as having a quiet tear at the end, <laughs> um, I did wonder how important was it to you to actually have it filmed? Well, for me, I really wanted to have it filmed just so I could get the message out to all the other schools and all the other students who are out there who haven't been able to come out because of their school environment. And did you need approval from the school to to upload it on any sort of platform? There was a lot of boxes which needed to be ticked, especially for the video. Unfortunately, we couldn't put it with the Held Sun article as we had to wait for permission, but we got permission in the end, which was good. Okay. And I get... Sorry, and I, I guess, you know, my question in having watched it is that you came out to your close friends in Year 10. You're now in Year 12. Why was this moment so important to you? Why now? Well, I think this moment was important because I wanted to see whether the wider community would accept me because I was, always knew that my closest friends would because they'd always been so loving and caring regardless of, like, what I had, whatever problem it was. But to be able to speak it to everyone and especially, like, in a school environment where people are not always that accepting of difference. It was really great and it was a year 12. So in year 10 when you came out to your friends, I know that there was some anxiety around that because you mentioned that. Um, did all of your friends basically accept you and, or, or was there mixed emotion? How did, how, did they, how did your friends take that news? Were they surprised? A few of them were surprised as they had known like past people I'd been with, but all of them were supportive. No one was mean or didn't want to be my friend anymore, so I was very lucky in that respect. You talk about support. What did they do in the assembly after your speech? What happened? Well, after the assembly, I was quite emotional because of all the like people on stage who were crying, people in the audience. So, mm. and what did ever, they do? All the students, like all the students, started going out, and I just like walked behind stage and just started crying. And what didn't they? Didn't the uh, auditorium uh, get out of their seat? Yeah, so there was a standing ovation, which was amazing. <laughs> and that's what always tips <laughs> me, me over the edge. Because yes. standing ovations always yeah. make me cry. But when everybody got up, there was one man who was sitting next to um, the headmaster, Roy Kelly, who got up and walked over to you and hugged you. Who was that man? I don't that, that man was a guest speaker, 
Brent Green, whose sister founded Stand Up Events, which ah. runs CGU Walk in May. We know Angie we well. Know she's been on our show a number of <laughs> times. Oh, okay. we, we've claimed her as our own. Mm. Yeah, she's, they're both great. They both actually spoke in the assembly as well. And mm. Brent's was very powerful because he was actually a Melbourne Grammar student as well. Yeah. So to hear so the he difference between how much it affected him when he was there about 13 years ago as a house captain and captain of athletics and how much he actually hated the school and was so nervous to come back and didn't really want to do it but came back because he knew I was speaking and just to see this sadness but then message of hope for me was pretty amazing for especially the teachers who taught both of us which Mm. was cool well I was going to ask about Mm. the teachers um which I will but I wanted to say to you that I saw Angie that night and her (laughs) the impact on her was huge she just she said to me you you wouldn't believe what happened today and she was on our show that night Mm. and um I could tell the impact on her and she said the impact on Brent too that you know I guess seeing you do what he felt he couldn't do was a huge thing. But um, in talking about the teachers, you said you hadn't told them what you were going to do. Were they as supportive as the, the boys? Yeah, I was actually surprised because I was probably most scared about the teachers, especially some of the older ones who are a bit more conservative. But in the end, all the teachers were so supportive and even the ones who had been homophobic in class, who had been sexist, things like that, which I'd picked them up on, they were the ones who actually like sent me emails, came to me in person oh, to be like, I'm so sorry I did this in the past, but like I support wow. you so much now. So that was what, amazing. What's the environment like at school now? Well, Obviously the day after would have been maybe a bit of a high, but like as it's, since it's happened. Well, it's just been amazing in terms of the change of language wow. because there's such casual homophobia, especially in a boys' school, like the use of the word faggot, gay, is a put down was just happening so much and was so ubiquitous in the school. Mm. But now it's just changed because people realise how much it actually mm. hurts. And I think it was through that personal example of all of them knowing me and saying, oh, this actually hurts this person. Like, this has, like, an effect on his, like, mental health and well-being. Mm. Mm. And so I think that can be so powerful because I think sometimes some people go, oh, there's gay people in the ether. But I think probably to them to say, that's Rich, that's our friend who we go to school mm. with, has probably given them that more personal connection to to that language and, and the impact. Yeah, definitely. One of the things um, I, I read about you, Rich, was that you um, somebody, I think, said something to you in Year 7 about why do you speak that way? And all of a sudden you had, you, you had to start thinking about am I going to have to change how I act or speak? And somebody made a comment about the way you were walking or the way you were holding yourself. And so that you then had to be aware of that you were being noticed or that you had to be mindful of your behaviour all the time. And then I think, and I, I can't understand what kind of, imagine that kind of pressure that that puts on someone that you're already aware, oh, I'm different or I am being noticed by doing something differently. How does that affect you inside? Well, it's just so physically and emotionally exhausting because it's constantly being watched. You're constantly aware of how do I look? How am I holding myself? How am Gosh. I speaking? which was just so hard to go to school every day. And that's why I really didn't like school in the earlier years because I knew I had to put in a mask on, had to pretend or people would see through the cracks. So what would you do? What kind of mask did you put on? Did you have to act a little bit homophobic yourself or did you... What happened? Luckily, I never had to act homophobic, but it was more just... I had to make sure that my use of words in terms of like talking a lot more about sport or things like mm. which are accepted in like the hypermasculine culture of Melbourne grammar or as well just not talking about things which are maybe more feminine or things which aren't really considered heterosexual. Gosh. And the, so where was it that you felt most yourself? 
I've felt most of myself with just my friends outside mm. school. So a lot of my friends were outside school and are still outside school just because I kind of removed myself from the grammar mm. community because of that. Rich, I noticed in um, one of the articles I read about you, you mentioned that you found it really hard coming out to your parents and having met your mum, I, you know, I wonder why, why, that, why you found that so much harder than coming out to your friends. I just think I found it hard because I knew whatever their response is, I'd still be living with them. So <laughs> even though I was sure it'd be a good response, if on the off chance it wasn't, what was I going to do? Like, I was still living in their house. Like, there could be some angst. But also, like, I had friends who'd had negative experiences and I always thought their parents were amazing people. So I never fully knew what their reaction would be for mum and dad. Had your parents ever said anything or give, or your, your family in general given you any inkling that you wouldn't be accepted? No, that always been really accepting. They've got friends who are gay, so that always helped. But mm. I was just always a bit scared. I was probably just thought about it too much in my mind, as I do with a mm. lot of things. Have you talked about those feelings with your, your, your parents in particular since that, about how you... I'm, I'm sure that they unconditionally love you and would accept you regardless of who you are and what you are or what you want to do. But have you talked to them about your fears... Yeah, I definitely did talk about it, and especially when the sp- when they heard the speech and watched it online. They had some questions and we had talked it all through, which was great, but before then we hadn't really had a full in-depth conversation as I hadn't really been too open about mm. a lot of it. Have you got any older um, gay mentors in your life? Have you had people that you've been able to look up to and go to for advice? Yeah, luckily I've had a few friends at school in the older year levels who have been really supportive and still supportive since the speech and just always been there, which has been a great help to have those older mentors. And how had they found their journey at at Melbourne Grammar prior to to this big (laughs) moment in the school's history? Because it is a big moment in the school's history. Well, when I was in Year 9, there was not a singly open gay Year 12. But even though lots of my friends in Year 12 were gay, none of them were open about it. So they were actually the year level which spoke most to me, sent lots of messages being like, this is amazing, we never thought this would happen because it could have never happened when we were in Year 12. And now we've got so many... relatively so many openly <laughs> gay people in year 12 compared to zero when we were in year nine. Are there any openly gay teachers at the school? Um, no, but there's teachers who have approached us and told us about their sexuality and they've been so supportive. Fantastic. Because that's a new thing too, isn't it? Yeah, because st- before the speech, like it was still like quite a bit of taboo about being different and being homosexual. So it would have been really hard for the teachers, I think, with some of the students. And before you did the speech, Rich, you said your brother knew you were going to do it. Had you talked to him quite a lot about when you when you decided you wanted to do it and how you were going to do it? Well, I always liked being a bit secretive and a bit mysterious. So I told him I'd written a speech, but he actually didn't see the speech until maybe two weeks before when I printed out an extra copy and accidentally left it just lying around the house. <laughs> so that wasn't good. And he just read it. He's like, oh, like... I'm surprised you're doing this, but if that's what you want to do, be here to support you. How long did it take you to write and how many rewrites? I started writing it in January. Wow. I wrote the whole speech in a day, but then after that, I just revisited it every two weeks, just changed and edited it. So maybe an hour every two weeks, I just do a few changes to make it better. And was that day, was it because Angie and Brent were coming that day that you thought this is the day I'm going to do it because the conversation would already be open? 
The day was because we'd never had anything to do with Pride at our school before and we'd really pushed as school captains to have a Pride week and that was the Pride assembly. So we're just like, Mm. this is a great opportunity where we get the whole assembly just to speak about Pride. So I'd really like to speak at the end of that just to encapsulate all the ideas which have been spoken about. Now, Rich, sorry. uh, (laughs) Sorry, Michelle, do you go? (laughs) No, I'm trying not to butt in. I've got too many questions. (laughs) That's okay. I have got a big question around that because that... um, that whole week is, is something that's very new at Melbourne Grammar and I think that, you know, we will take a break now and we will come back and talk a bit about that because I'd like to see how that has happened and I know that it didn't just happen overnight. So let's come back. We're going to have a short break and we will be back with Rich Bartlett. You are on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Thank you Crazy for joining talk. us on Stand Up Straight tonight. You have got Michelle and Beck and me, Stephanie, in the studio. We have got the amazing Rich Bartlett in the studio with us tonight and we had just heard Halsey and Lauren who are two bisexual girls um, singing a love song. It's very current and um, Chris Jamison recommended we play that tonight. It is on our daytime music list. Um, So, yeah, hope you enjoyed that song. Tonight we have been talking to Rich who is um, made a bit of a name for himself he sure has. And I just want, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that are loving hearing the conversation. So we would love to hear you share the love with us and tell everyone in here, including Rich, how inspirational he is for a lovely young man. So you can send us a message on 0427 JOY949 or send us an email on air at joy.org.au. So I was telling Rich during the break, um, and probably I should disclose that I had a son at Melbourne Grammar who finished last year but two years ago following an article in a school newsletter where the head of the senior school had called out um, the the assembly of, of boys for homophobia um, I sent him an email and organised a meeting and went and spoke with him about my concerns about homophobia at the school and also, you know, wanted to commend him on actually calling it out and, and doing something about it because it was the first time that I'd, I'd seen any anything positive come out of the school around homophobia. And at the time he said to me, and, and Rich, I wonder if this was you now that I've met you, at the time he said to me that he'd had some really interesting responses, including the most powerful letter he'd ever received from a student thanking him and he said at the time that this student had an idea for forming an organization of allies (laughs) so two years down the track not only do you have a pride week at Melbourne Grammar but you have instigated a pride game with with Brighton Grammar and you've got this gay straight alliance do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how it all came about, Rich? Yeah, so it's been amazing considering how bad we were before. Yeah. And now finally this year we had an official creation of our Gay Straight Alliance, which was founded by four people last year, including my twin brother and two friends, Jack Wofford and Daniel Blunt. And so this year we decided to organise the first Pride Week and in the Pride Week we had an assembly in the assembly, we had some guest speakers as well as Jack, who spoke about the history of the gay community. Then I finished with my speech. And on the Saturday, as you said, there was an amazing Pride match, which was just crazy to see so many people at a first football match. But what was more poignant was to see that football players were actually getting behind it. Mm. And to see that football players, who are especially at Melbourne Grammar Center, like the top of the pecking order, mm. seen as very social, 
And to get them behind us meant the rest of the school would follow. So it was so powerful to see them. And then after that, because of getting on the footy show, like having that as a platform as well was great because footy is such a powerful vehicle to combat homophobia in. Has there been any resistance from anyone at the school? There's a few people in each year level who are a bit conservative, a bit resistant, but the majority of people really support it. The majority of teachers really support it as well. So it was just making sure that majority stayed with us. Mm. <laughs> um, if have you you've said that most people, pretty much everybody, has been supportive. So if there's anybody that hasn't been, how have they expressed that to you, or is it just sort of behind the back and? You know, what kind of happens? Well, for the people who are not supportive, they're not vocally saying this to any of the members of the GSA, but yeah. we just hear it a bit like it was a bit over the top the week, things like that, but that was only from a very few people. So. But what do you say then? So if you've got... Because you, you're in a position of power in a sense that because you've created this amazing wave of change, how do you... How do you decide what battles to pick or what to say or what not to react to and so on? Well, for me, I'm always up for an open conversation about <laughs> anything. So I always invite when I hear things like this for people to go back to these people saying these things and say, go and speak to Rich, go and speak to my twin Nick about it. Like we're always happy to have a conversation and see like why you don't agree with it, why you don't like it. Because you always want to be able to have that discussion mm. instead of just putting in the corner being like, you stay there, yeah. we'll be over here. Like let's just have mm. our distance. Mm. Rich, obviously after your speech there's been this kind of um, wave of media and publicity. Did you anticipate that and is that something that sat comfortably with you? Well, I didn't really think about what would happen after. <laughs> so I'd just taken a while to do the speech because I wanted to make a great impact on Melbourne Grammar. So I actually never thought that this would happen with all these other schools and being able to speak at other schools and having all this amazing social media. And that's, that's been positive? Well, I've really liked it because it's meant that not only Melbourne Grammar has changed, but it means other schools have changed because it sets the precedent, especially for other more conservative schools, that this can happen and that you will be accepted and actually supported and rewarded for what you've done. And I think um, there's a quote that, that you said that really resonated with me when you said, I tell people I'm gay because I can't get married in any state or territory in Australia. I tell people I'm gay because one in four, 14 trans people will be murdered. I tell people I'm gay because not to do so would render a disservice to who I am. And what I, I took from that is is perhaps an obligation that you feel. Do you feel that to stand up because you're in a comfortable space? Or what? what is that? Where does that come from? Well, I felt this obligation because lots of my friends who are in similar positions, they, don't, they can't do this because they know that there'll be a lot of negative, um, a negative like, flashback at them. Like They won't be in a comfortable position. So because I have amazing friends and family, I felt that I was in the position to do so, so therefore I should. And Rich, how important do you think it was that your brother was school captain and you were a vice captain? Well, I think it meant a lot because people normally don't think like, these types of gay people would get into a leadership role. Like normally they're just put in the corner and just left there. People just keep their distance and that's it. So I think it was really powerful to see from leaders of the school who'd been voted in by the year 12 cohort as well as the teachers who therefore represent them all, that they can be gay and that's okay. Yeah, it's like the, all the stars aligned. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever have any kind of, did you think past giving your speech or very far past the speech or just the next day or I hope I still have friends left after I make this speech. Do, how far did you think you would that this would take you? 
well, I didn't think far enough. <laughs> I, was just, I was so absorbed in the speech and didn't really think about what would happen because I always knew that my friends outside school would always support me yeah. and have always been so encouraging. So even if things went badly, I'd still have them. So mm. it was okay. So were you just, you're in year 12, 12 now. So had you in the last 12 months, two years, just been thinking, I've just got to get through school. I need to just wait till I can get out, out into the big wide world. Was that kind of what you were thinking? Yeah, that was definitely my thinking is that's what the majority of my friends thinking were as well, especially mm. anyone at an all single sex school. Like they always thought it's just better to wait because of the negative impact it could have on your like health, but also on your studies as well. Did it affect your studies? Well, luckily, it didn't affect my studies too much. No, <laughs> no, oh, no. Okay. I, I know your uh, three, four results from last year because my son told me what an extraordinary <laughs> mark you got. Uh, so, you. which I have to say, you know, doing all of this in year twelve, you know, and yeah. taking on the media commitments That's... and all the other work that you've taken on with mm. this is mm. extraordinary. That you uh, can still you. manage to <laughs> push out those amazing results. So, so well done. We are going to take a break in a moment, and we're going to come back because there is a future and. While you're in year 12, there are a whole lot of other students coming through mm. and, and we want to hear who you're going to pass the baton to and, and <laughs> what, what's ahead for Melbourne Grammar. You are on Stand Up Straight. We have the uh, lovely, young, inspirational and motivational Rich Bartlett in the studio who um, came out at his school assembly oh, in front of about 800-odd people. No one else knew he was going to do that and... Uh, it's changing the world and I, I'm wondering if you have grasped yet the magnitude of what you've done. Yeah, it's been a bit hard. Just it's, I didn't really think about the effects it would have when I gave the speech, but now it's just been amazing to see. Mm. And the school has um, probably been your biggest ally, would you say, in, in a collective sense? Yes, yeah, since the speech, definitely. Not beforehand, no. but since they saw the speech and realised how much of an impact it can have if people are positive towards you, they've all made sure to have a big change in their language. Mm. And what was the conversation at home the day that you did your speech? So mum and dad said, how's school today, Rich? Get up to anything much? <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you do? What was the chat? Well, I just told them about the speech and they really wanted to watch the video. So we watched the video. Then, well, I didn't watch the video with them as I didn't want to, but though mum and dad sat down and watched the video the next day on the TV on YouTube and they just loved that. Was so supportive, loving and warm straight after, which was great. Fabulous. One of your one of your quotes in your speech, Rich, says, uh, for me there were three reasons why I tell people my sexuality. One, my obligation to the reality of my own identity. Two, is my obligation to the history of my community. And three, my obligation to those yet to come. Those three, you know, very simple lines, That's that has a lot of magnitude. And I'm just wondering what you, how you feel about being part of a community now that you can comfortably be out and be who you are, your family know, your school know and your friends know. How do you feel about the gay community? Well, I just feel like now that I'm finally in it, it's such an amazing place to be with so many supportive people who have reached out to me since the speech. Like The amount of amazing messages and supportive texts I've received have just been so great for me. Mm. And have you? do you know a lot about the, the gay history or have you... Well, when I was like in year seven, eight and nine, I was always really interested in it and did a lot of research, especially in the US. Mm -hmm. So I was always looking into that and that always gave me a bit more confidence in anything I did that people had come before me and done these amazing things and some people had even lost their lives for it. Yeah. 
it's disturbing when you um, when you can hear those types of stories. I'm wondering um, so just a little bit further with what Beck had said. But so conversations with your family has, you, has the dynamics changed? Is it different with your your family and your friends? Luckily, it's actually stayed very similar with my friends and family. Nothing much has changed, which is great. Mm. Do you find you're more open with them? Yeah, definitely. I'm more open with them about everything now. Like, I don't have to be as much a closed book. I can tell them what's going on. They can understand what my life is like now, which makes it a lot easier. So, Rich, I guess the million-dollar question is the uh, Melbourne Grammar Formal is on Friday uh, night. <laughs> is Melbourne Grammar ready for a, uh, a same-sex couple at the it Formal? It finally <gasps> is. Yeah, you should have had applause ready. Yeah, so no one has ever taken a boy to MGS Formal. Gosh. And this will be the first year after a lot of pushing on behalf of some of the teachers and some of the students. And we've finally got it through. We've actually got three same-sex oh, couples coming. That is, a, I have got yeah, goosebumps <laughs> all over me. That is a fantastic moment. Gosh, mm. what a groundbreaking year you've had at Melbourne Grammar. So going forward, what happens now? Well, luckily, because we've kind of set the bar for what we did this year, and the GSA will continue next year. We've got a great year 11 coming up who also delivered an amazing speech in Pride Week called Austin Haynes. And his video is also on YouTube okay, on what? the same channel as what mine is posted on. That's the MGS GSA. Why was his so good? What was different well, about that? What made it amazing was that it was done in our school chapel. Oh, wow. So in this place, which is beautiful. very religious, old, very yeah. beautiful. Old but blue stone chapel. Yes. Very old as Steeped well. In history and tradition. <laughs> yeah, and his yeah. opening line was talking about him as a young LGBTI man. And just to hear that his first line was just amazing. His second line was he went on to talk about how the world is not made for his sexuality and for mm. couples like him. Gosh. And to hear that was just astounding. Yeah, in the year below. So oh. we're in great hands for yes. next year. I'm pleased to hear that. And will we see Melbourne Grammar represented in the Pride March next uh, February? Hopefully. If you have anything to do with it, it will, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll <laughs> make sure to get in touch with the GSA leaders next year. We'll, luckily, we've got a Facebook page, so we'll still be on that. Mm. And that would be amazing to get Melbourne Grammar represented in that march because... I don't think that would have happened before. No. I'm wondering if um, have any of the teachers or any of the staff come up to you and said, how can we be more inclusive or how can I talk to my child that I think might be gay? Or, or if, if people so sought you out for advice or what they should and shouldn't do? Yeah, luckily there's been a few staff which have sought me out, especially the male staff, which probably feel a bit uncomfortable around this topic. Mm. And so we've just talked to them a lot about their language usage, and most importantly, not making assumptions about anyone's sexuality. So, for example, with formal asking, are you being a girl or a guy, not just who's your girl, like, partner? Yeah. So just little things like that have really made a change for the LGBTI community at our school. And have younger has there been younger boys in the school who have come to you for advice? Yeah, definitely. The moment after my speech finished, the amount of young people who came up to me or lots actually sent messages on Facebook that they were still a bit scared if they came up to me, like mm. whether people would think they were gay. But to have them come up and feel, say that this is now a safe place and I feel that I can be myself and I can talk to people about my sexuality was amazing. Wow. I, don't, I like and hate this question in equal <sighs> doses, but I know you're only 17, but... Um, if you could say to your younger self, which is not that much, not that many years ago, what would you, what would you say, do you think? I think I would have said to myself when I was a lot younger, especially in year sevens and year eight, that 
you shouldn't hate yourself for who you are because I was always so self-deprecating. I was always wanting to change myself because I was ashamed of my sexuality. And if I could just have thought that it's okay to be who I am and people will support me, you don't need to change yourself, that would have made my life a lot easier in the younger years. Mm. Rich, do you remember the moment when you realised that you were gay? Not exactly, but I would have said it was around year seven, year eight, mm. when it finally clicked. Rich, I, I wanted to ask a question because obviously on this show we're allies and, and we're always, I guess, trying to be good allies. Um, and one thing I'm really conscious of is um, not trying to impose what I think is a good ally on the LGBTI yeah. community. And what I want to know is what do you think makes a good ally? What is it that you want from people? Well, I think some of the best allies we've seen have been at our school and that would probably be the secretary of the GSA, Hugo Klempfner, or my twin, who organised the Pride football match. But for them, what makes them such amazing allies is that they're always willing to work with us and they're always asking us what is the best thing for them to do. Mm. So it's always based on our, on our experiences, not their own. So I think that's what makes a great ally, talking mm. and knowing what is best for the LGBTI population. What about you, mum and dad? Oh, that's a good question. Probably for mum and dad, it was more just about always having those open conversations and for them just to never make assumptions. Mm. Do you think um, uh, the direction of your family's life, in a sense, has been changed permanently in the best of ways? Because you have, if if you think about it, you've opened up these opportunities for dialogue that perhaps they may never have had, that you may never have had with them. So as as Beck asked you before, you're very open with your your parents and your family now. Do you think that that it's going to create just another amazing journey for your family? As yeah, I feel like it just adds another amazing and interesting level to our lives because mm. we've now opened ourselves to this whole new world, which I think our whole family has loved because it's just so interesting and different and just a lot better than the normal mundane lives we'd been living beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> we have had a message in, Rich, uh, from Simon. Wow, what an amazing young man. Good on you. I'm 51 and come from an age where we were marched where we march to change the laws and to put information out there to help educate minds. Anyway, enjoy your formal. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's lovely. And it's not too late. If you want to send a very, very quick message, you know, 427-JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au. Rich, there's some advocacy work that you've been doing around LGBTI issues. Um, Do you think that will carry forward in your in your choice of career? Well, I'm hoping so as I've loved doing it so much, love yeah. speaking, love you're talking with people. Natural. Yeah, mm. and you're so passionate. Yeah, so hopefully it will carry through because I'd love to do things not just in the school space yeah. but in other spaces as well to make that impactful change. And you think, what are you thinking about studying next year? Not such in, a mum stand. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do when you finish school? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure at the moment, just when I finish school, get that all dove and yeah. done with, get a good ATAR so I've got my possibilities open for me. Yeah. Well, Rich, if ever we wanted to see the future um, in good hands, we certainly have seen it in you in our studio. And I will also acknowledge that Rich's dad is sitting in the corner of the studio here and has not w- got rid of that grin <laughs> from ear to ear. And it's lovely to see a very, very, very proud parent and um, it's lovely you have uh, a wonderful young man. So, Rich, I want to thank you so much. You've been so gracious and so open and a beautiful, beautiful man to have in the studio. You are changing the world, I have no doubt. So we want to thank you very much uh, for joining us. And 
welcome to come back anytime when you know when you thank you doing, it's when been you're amazing laws <laughs> and you're you know doing whatever the rich show the rich enjoy <laughs> yeah we can help you with a proposal for mm. that you are listening to stand up straight on joy 94.9 beck stephanie and i have just had a wonderful hour with uh rich bartlett and isn't he gorgeous gorgeous he's adorable <laughs> we want to cuddle him um so um up next is Family Matters and then at 9 o'clock is The Woods and then at 10 o'clock is Pop Chops, so you don't want to go anywhere. On Family Matters, you might hear Becky again. You might. And, uh, Michelle, I'm pretty excited because we're Tell interviewing um, children's, children's entertainer Peter Coombe, who, <laughs> when I was a kid, was legit my favourite person in the whole world. And I am so excited. I don't know that I'm going to actually be able to look at him. <laughs> Beg, is it more ex- would it be more exciting to have Taylor Swift in the studio <gasps> or Peter Coombe? Oh, I'm you would explode. Sure. <laughs> you would explode. You don't know how much I loved Peter Coombe when I was a kid. <laughs> Do you think he's going to know this or are you just going to be Well, he can probably dumb. hear it out there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so anything could happen in the next hour on Joy. <laughs> so uh, F- Family Matters is on at 8 o'clock till 9 and then the Woods, uh, the Bears come in at, uh, at 9 o'clock. So... Um, want to thank you for joining us tonight in the studio. Thank you, Michelle. Stephanie and Been Beck. a pleasure. And uh, also a special thank you to, uh, oh, there's a, a guy over the other side of the desk pushing our buttons. Dave. As he so often does push <laughs> my buttons, Michelle. <laughs> he does. He's like mm. the annoying little brother that doesn't go away. Correct. Yes, that's Much right. Much as I try. So um, <laughs> join us next week. We are doing a Radiothon Roundup. We're going to have some special guests. We're going to shake it up a little bit. And uh, you've been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.